Well, today we are going to be in the book of Matthew. As they said, Troy's on vacation, so you're stuck with me again. Um, and so, but it's going to be good. We're going to have fun. Um, so we're going to be in the book of Matthew. As you're turning there, uh, has anyone seen this movie? If you haven't seen it already, or if you have never seen it, that's fine. That's okay. Um, it's called Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey and Morgan Freeman. And um, came out a long time ago. Well, the, the, this guy basically, and I'm really summing this up here, so um, spare with me. But this guy basically tells God, who's played by Morgan Freeman, um, that he can do his job better than him. And, and God's like, okay, do it. <laughs> and he gives him his powers. And, and he finds out, Jim Carrey finds out, that it's not necessarily that easy being God. Well, anyway, um, long story short, there's this part in, in the movie where they're both just standing on like this lake or pond or whatever it is on this water. They're both just standing there talking. And after a few minutes, Jim Carrey just darts off running down the water. Now, I don't know about you, but ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to know what it felt like to walk on water. Like, like when, when they were doing it, when Jesus was doing it, when Peter was doing it, was it like a hard surface? Was it like a slimy surface? Like, what did it feel like? And so, so as a kid, I would always just do my best. Every time I went into the bathtub, every time I went into the pool, I would try to walk on water, and guess what? It never happened. I was disappointed. But that, that, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about, about Peter and Jesus walking on water. And it's more than just about them walking on water in Matthew 14. It's, it's about our focus and our faith in Jesus. It's important to note that, that God wants us to know that in order to, to be like him, to follow him, we must keep our focus on him. In today's passage, we're going to see three things. We're going to see that, that we get scared, that we have assurance, and that we have forgiving grace. So, so before we start reading, just a little sum up what's happening here. Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000 with fishes and the loaves of bread, and, and he multiplied them. He, he did that miracle. So that's, that just finished. Um, he tells the disciples that we're going to see to get on a boat and start going on the sea, and he's going to go pray by himself. So that, that's where we are in today's passage. Matthew 14, starting with verse 22. I'm just going to read it all the way through, through 33. It says this, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray well into the night. He was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea, very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, Command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand 
caught a hold of him and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are, what you've done, what you're going to do. Lord, thank you uh, so much for letting us be here this morning to talk about your word and to, to learn more about it and to apply these things to our lives today, that, that we might honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, so again, the first thing we're going to see is that, that we get scared. We get scared. We are creatures who get scared. Let's, let's just admit that. Let's just admit that. We are creatures who get scared. I'm sure we all have fear of something. If, if you're one of those macho guys who's like, I'm not scared of anything, trust me, you are. You may not, just not have found it yet. Um, I'm sure, again, I'm sure we all have fear of something. Maybe it's spiders. Maybe it's roaches. Maybe it's heights or roller coasters or the dark or dolls like me and mannequins. I hate them. They're icky. Ew. Um, maybe snakes like Emily is. If you saw that video I posted the other day, yesterday, she's terrified. She saw a big old snake and she was like, ah! and I was like, what's wrong? She's like, it's a snake. And then I scared her. <laughs> it's what husbands do. Um, or maybe you're just scared. The most important fear for most Christians is, is forgetting that on Sundays, Chick-fil-A is not <laughs> We all have something that causes us fear. Well, again, in 26, I'm sorry, verses 22 through 26, we see that Jesus comes walking towards the disciples on the water, and they immediately become afraid. Now, I cannot read this without kind of low-key thinking that, that maybe... What, was Jesus just toying with them? <laughs> like, like if I was Jesus, I knew that they were going to be terrified. Like, that's, that sounds like a prank I would do. I don't know. But, like, why not just, like, you know, like, poof, a boat, go. But, um, whatever the reason, he comes to them walking on the water, and they get terrified. They're like, it's a ghost. Fear takes hold of the disciples. But seriously, how, how would we have responded in that situation? We probably would have been terrified as well. And the, and the truth is that even, even when we know it's God coming to us, when we know it's Jesus coming to us, we still get scared because sometimes when he comes to us, it's not the things we want to hear. Sometimes he comes to us and calls us to get out of our comfort zone. You know, it's funny because a lot of Christians ask, God, use me. Can you use me? Please use me for your glory, for your kingdom. And when God shows up, they're like, oh, that's what you want me to do. But when he does, again, we get afraid. We get afraid when he comes to us. What's, what's the fear in your life right now? Is God calling you to do something that's out of your comfort zone? Maybe... Maybe you're not a people person, but God is calling you to lead a Bible study or, or talk to a person you don't want to. Maybe God is calling you to be a missionary in another country. Or even in this country, we know we need them. Both would be terrifying for some people. I know some people, I used to work with a guy at Walmart who was a missionary. He lives in another country and he loves it. He, he couldn't wait to go back. He couldn't. He was stuck in America for a while because of the whole COVID situation. But once he was able to go back, 
he just went straight back. He just quit and went back. He was so excited to get back to what he was doing, to, to being a missionary. But some of us aren't like that. Some of us, we, we, have, to, we have to have the, the help and courage, encouragement from friends and from definitely God. So sometimes when God causes us to do something, it's terrifying. When I, when I got into ministry, um, I felt, I felt uh, some of you all know this already, but so I felt the call to go to ministry a long time ago. Like, like when I was sitting in the back of my home church, uh, watching our current youth pastor, um, and I was like, I just felt God saying, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, that's a joke. Because um, I was not this guy. Uh, I was the guy who wanted to be in a rock band. <laughs> um, but it's funny how God works, because because right after that, the, the, the leader in our college and career ministry came up to me and she's like, hey, do you want to teach once a month? Sure. And then I, I discovered through that that I love teaching. I love teaching God's Word. I love learning. The, the coolest thing about teaching is when you're studying it and you learn all these different cool things about what you're teaching. And then from there, I went, uh, I was pulled into our preteen ministry. And, and they're like, we need your help. And so from there, again, teaching, but also learning how to organize and plan things. See where God's going with this? And then, and then our youth pastor leaves, right? And we have an interim guy going. He comes to me, he's like, hey, could you help, could you, could you help us teach in youth? And I was like, huh. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> but, but, but that's all I did. It wasn't a paying job. It was just I was volunteering, and I was teaching. I was at a law firm at the time. I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but I was still doing pretty good, money-wise. And then I finally felt it. Like, I had just gotten a raise, too. Like, I, I finally felt it. And God was like, all right, stop to send out resumes. I was like, resumes? I don't, like, what have I done? I, I just helped out in our youth. So I did. Got picked up by a church. They wanted me to do part time. I was like, ah, I'm money, no money. Um, talked to my wife about it. My wife said, go for it. She's very encouraging. I'm sure she was like, please don't go for it. But I'm supposed to be supportive, so um, <laughs> uh, she didn't tell me that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just guessing. Anyway, so I took it, and and then long story short, I, I ended up here, and I'm in ministry. It took. It really did take a leap of faith to go from a well-paying job to not knowing what I was getting myself into. Sometimes it can be scary. That leads us to our second point, which God gives assurance. The beauty of feeling scared to follow God for doing what God calls us to do is that, that He gives us assurance. This assurance should encourage us to continue to do what God has called us to do. I can't tell you how many times that I, I like God, like why am I here? What am I doing? Am I even making an impact at all for you? And He's assured me over and over again. I've seen students. I have a, I have a, a girl student at my previous church who, who got together with a group of her friends, and they're putting on a worship night by themselves. And her mom's just like, Matt, you're the one who impacted her. I was like, I was just the vessel. 
But it's so cool that, that God gives us that insurance. Assurance, not insurance. But he does give us insurance too. But assurance, he gives us assurance that, that what he's called us to do is where we're supposed to be. And maybe, maybe, maybe you just want assurance that God loves you. Or that, that you are in fact his. And I encourage you to read the scripture, first of all. Read the word. He died on a cross for you so that you could have a relationship with him. He loved you enough to come to us, even though we don't deserve it, even though we didn't ask for it, as a human named Jesus, to, to take one of the most beautiful, not most beautiful, the most brutal sacrifices and, and killings on the cross. He was crucified. He gets put in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again. He defeated death and, and took that punishment for you because he loves you. And if you come to him, if you ask him to be your Lord and Savior and ask for his forgiveness, you are his. I'm not going to read it, but in John 10, 28, it says that no one will ever snatch you from the Father's hand. Once you're his, you're his. You do not have that, have that worry. You have that assurance. You have that insurance. You are his. In verses 29, I'm sorry, 27 through 29, uh, we see that, that before the disciples could even say anything, Jesus calls out to them. Like, like, they're like, it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no it's me. It's, it's me. He calls out to them to let them know that, that everything is okay, that it's just him. And, and then Peter, wanting more proof, asked Jesus to let him walk on the water. I'm so jealous. I want to do that. One day, hey, in heaven. Now, I don't know about you. I, yeah, I don't know about you, but um, Peter was pretty brave to do that. Like, like he wasn't even sure that was Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, let me come out to you on the water and walk on it. And Jesus is like, come. And he literally climbs out of the boat to risk drowning and sinking to go to Jesus. Again, I don't know about you, like, if I wasn't sure that was Jesus, I don't know if I'd be climbing out of the boat. Just, that's just me. That's some, I, I think of random things when I play. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> But he wasn't sure, so, so Peter gets out of the boat, he starts walking to him. He's wanting more proof that this is Jesus. Again. Well, anyway. So, so, so we often don't feel like we're, we're even worthy to be called by God. We, we don't feel qualified. When we do get that assurance of God, we should be able to be encouraged and should be able to put those doubts to rest. And it's okay to ask God if he's really calling you. It's okay. It's okay to ask for that assurance. Because when you do, he's going to give it to you. Maybe you have some doubts of your own. I encourage you to pray about them. Ask God about them. I promise you he will answer. Have you ever heard of a... Oh man, we're, we're in America. Have you ever heard of any love songs in your life? Heard of any love songs? 
Um, usually about a guy who wants a girl or a girl who wants a guy. It's 2021, so sometimes that's different. But um, but but they're they're promising each other. You know, like you're the one for me. I'm the one for you. We're going to be together forever. Something along those lines. God loves us. And he's promising us. And this goes further than any love song or any human promise. God loves us. And he says, he says you're never going to leave me. I've got you. I've got you. But sometimes, sometimes we still have doubts. And we, we see what's around us. Which brings us to our third point. God gives forgiving grace. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. Come on, if he expected us to be perfect, he wouldn't have to die on the cross for us and forgive us. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing that God doesn't expect us to be perfect. There's a little bit less pressure. That's one of the things, um, as Christians, people are like, oh, they're perfect. No, they're not. They're like you, like, they're like everyone else. It's really funny, like, when I'm working out, when I was working at Walmart, um, and they're like, or anywhere, honestly, um, and they, if they know you're a pastor or a youth pastor, and they, like, say a cuss word, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, why are you apologizing to me? Like, I bless you. I forgive you. Like, what am I doing? I'm not Catholic. I'm not Catholic. Um, but, talk to God, not me. Um, but it's so good to know that God does not expect us to be perfect. You know, the reason they had sacrifices in the Old Testament was to show that they needed, what was for God to show them that they needed Him. That they were not perfect. And that without God, there is no hope. We see how Israel messed up over and over again in the Old Testament. It's just a constant, like a solemn repeat. Like, they just do it over and over again. The crazy thing is, is that we are just as bad as Israel sometimes if we just admit it. Again, here's the cool part. God doesn't look for the perfect people to do his work. Look at Moses. Look at Jonah. <laughs> Dude got eaten by a fish. What about that? Um, when we are called to, when we are called, do not let fear or not be imperfect stop you. Because that's not what God's looking for. Jesus didn't come for the perfect, but the imperfect. The scripture says. Not those who are healthy, but those who are sick. Verses 30 through 33, um, after Peter so bravely gets out of the boat and starts walking on the water towards Jesus, he notices the storm and how terrifying the water, how, well, I'm sorry, how terrifying the winds and the storms, the storm is around him. And Peter begins to sing. Jesus being the rescuer that he is, reaches out and grabs Peter before it's too late. The truth is that we so often lose our focus on Jesus. Distractions come and take our focus off of him. That can look like fear, our priorities, our sinful nature, all the above. But no matter what, Jesus is always there. He's always ready to forgive and take, take us back like, not that we're ever gone, but he's, he's, he's ready to forgive. He, he loves you. Again, he knows you're not perfect. 
Again, sometimes we see the storms around us and our faith, too, becomes little. Jesus said, you have little faith when he got Peter. And sometimes we see what's going on in the world. We see the, the scariness of it. Or, or we see how scary it is to do what God's called us to do. And, and we get distracted by that fear of what's going on around us or what potential might be that we lose our focus on Jesus. We lose our focus on God. And when that happens, sometimes you can't help but hear you have little faith. And, and, and Jesus is always there. He's always there to save us. He's always there to rescue us. If we just keep our focus on Him. Some people think that the storms in life, the scariness in life, are the biggest experiences that we'll ever face in life. That's not true. The biggest experience that you'll face in this life, that you'll get to experience in this life, that's a better term, is God. Because God is bigger than everything. I know it's hard to believe, but when I was little, I was not perfect. Um, I was one of those who got in trouble a lot. It's probably why God called me to be a youth pastor. Um, anyway, so, so I got in trouble a lot. And, and one of the things I learned from my dad, obviously my dad would punish me if I got in trouble. If I did something wrong, he would punish me. Um, that old thing they called spanking, that I got those a lot. Um, or when I got older, grounding, or maybe a mixture of both. Uh, depends on what he felt that day. Um, I learned to read his behavior before I did anything. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Um, one of the things he taught me is there, there were times when I got in trouble where I was like, this is the end. My life as I know is over. Like, this is how I die. And he would look at me and he would say, and usually it's, it's when I was very, like, I'm sorry, I, I know I did wrong with it. But it did, and this wasn't every time, so don't think I got off. I, I did not get off. But he would look at me and he would go, every now and then he would say, I'm not going to do anything. And that's what grace is, something you don't deserve. God loves us. He died for us. He defeated death for us. We do not deserve God. We don't deserve Him to be here when we're scared. We don't deserve God to give us assurance. We don't deserve God's forgiveness. We deserve to be separated eternally from God. We don't deserve God. It's something we don't deserve. However, because God loves us, we have God. We have forgiving grace. Something we don't deserve. I remember being at my aunt's pool again a long time ago as a kid. Was not six foot. Again, hard to imagine. I wasn't always this tall. Um, I remember being at my aunt's pool as a child, and I was never a good swimmer. Still not a good swimmer. And my dad was like, "Come to the, to the six foot uh, end of the pool." And I was like, "Dad, I'm not so sure about that." And he was like, he was like, no, just trust me. So I was like, okay, okay. So um, I was like crawling on the edge of the wall, you know. And he's like, no, no, you gotta let go, let go of it. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, trust me. He was trying to teach me a swim. 
It didn't work. All right. But but I let go, trusting my dad. I was like, okay. You know, trying to flap around. And I, like Peter, just sunk. <laughs> I probably sunk faster than Peter. Um, and I sunk, and I remember, again, this crosses my mind a lot. <laughs> I was under the pool thinking, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is how I go. And uh, out of nowhere, my, I, my dad, I feel my dad grab my arm, pull me back up, and I was on top of the water again. Again, trusting God can be scary. When God calls you to do something that's out of your comfort zone, it can be scary. But he gives us assurance that he's always going to be there, and that he loves us, and that we're never going to leave him, and that he's never going to leave us. And, and then when, when we don't deserve it, he gives us forgiving grace. Maybe you're like Peter. You've taken your focus off Jesus. Maybe you're, you're, you feel like you're drowning in everything. Or, or maybe you're just not sure about what God has called you to do. The challenge today is to put your faith in Jesus no matter what is going on in your life. To take a leap of faith. There is purpose with Jesus. And there is comfort with Jesus. But the first step to doing this is accepting Jesus. Again, we don't deserve him. He, he doesn't need us, but he wants us. He loves us. Again, he died on the cross for us. He took the ultimate punishment, the ultimate sacrifice, so that we could have a relationship with him if we just go to him and ask him to be our Lord and Savior and ask for his forgiveness. And that's the first step. And once we do that, we can learn to trust better. We can learn to see how he sees. As the band comes back up, uh, I'm going to offer you that opportunity. Um, if, if you don't know, let me just say this. If, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let today be that day for you. I would love to pray with you, talk to you about that. If you just need prayer, if you're just like, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Let's pray. Let's talk about it. 